What's going on, man? What's happening? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, bro. You get uh get all your trucks uh trucks booked yet? Yeah, man. For the first time in my life, we were done early on a Friday. That's uh that's miraculous for you. Yeah. What's going on? Well, this should be fun, man. Um, you know, I've known both Ben and John for a minute. Um, they're both, you know, top agents, um, they're good sales guys, and uh yeah, they might view a little differently some things on the carrier side and a little on the sales side, but um yeah, we're excited to talk about uh, you know negotiating, getting customers, treating carriers, you know, a wide range of uh, wide range of topics. Yeah, let's just get into it, man. Late in the Friday, what's going on, guys? Here we go. How we doing? <laughs> hey. How's it going, guys? Oh, oh, it's just another beautiful day in Western PA. I wish it would snow. I'm so tired of 35 and rain. <laughs> like, you know, give me the snow. Although the drivers next week up in Wisconsin, I'm seeing like neg 25. So yeah, what? Wisconsin is brutal right now. Alex, talk to me on that one. I guess straight off, since every broker in America is probably dealing with this, and you know, I owned the truck. I was the only idiot who lost money in 2018. Um, <laughs> just couldn't keep the truck on the road. But what, from your end, with severe weather, how are you getting ahead of it with brokers, or what should I mean? You know, realistically, with me, I tell my customers, hey, I'm not. Human lives are more important than cargo, right? No, but at the same time, when you're late, you're going to cost people money. So how to? And I guess John too. How do you deal with it with your customers? I know you. You know you talk about doing a lot in West Virginia, so you probably see it even more so than most. Safety is always first. There's no load that important that uh, we're we're going to not err on the side of safety. Bottom line. Yeah, I mean the way we kind of deal with it, um, especially like throughout this week. Um, I only had one truck break down. That's my only delay of the whole week, thankfully. Um, Do you communicate with out. the broker? Yeah, yeah, I kept in touch. They called me every five times every morning, 7 a.m. My phone's blowing up. Hey, I'm in the shop next day. Hey, I'm in the shop. Like, but, I mean, the way we deal with severe weather is just booking, you know, first come, first serve type of loads, booking loads, you know, with a smaller amount of miles for next day stuff. I mean, we're, we're not pushing the trucks. You know, if you're picking up in a, in a bad area, I'm not going to give them 650 miles, 8 a.m. delivery tomorrow morning. Well, I just got a, I just, I mean, I just got a message that uh, CRST, which is one of the house carriers for one of my clients, they're shut down north of Chattanooga because of high winds. Obviously, I didn't have power, just got my power back on here within the last 30 minutes. Um, so, and it was uh, like 3,000 people without power in the county that I live in. You know, so... Obviously, the great part about that is, is we've got plenty of time because this freight doesn't have to deliver until Monday. It's all drop trailers down in Georgia. So once the winds calm down, they'll go down, they'll get picked up and, and move the freight along. And I've already sent out an email this morning at eight o'clock that says there could be delays in Chicago that got six inches of snow, uh, Minnesota, which was eight degrees this morning, and alerted them of those delays potentially heading up to those areas on Monday morning. Yeah. Minnesota is going to get uh, going to get rough here. I mean, for hey, me, let's... I had a truck go from Pennsylvania to Indiana, problem free. He got there today. He just went and grabbed the trailer out of South Illinois, problem free, heading to Kansas. Um, my other driver's heading through PA with lots of time to get to Indiana. So, like you said, just prepare people for delays and don't book freight that's time sensitive and set yourself up for for failure. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's back up a little bit though, Alex. Uh, you know, a lot of our viewers. Might not know Ben or John. You know, do you guys just want to just give us a little bit of your background of, 
know, who you are, what you do, how you got into uh, into freight. You guys can rock John because who starts first. Uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Um, I, I sold cars for 25 years or so, started in 94, worked my way up through the ladder, you know, sales guy, um, special finance manager, which is bad credit, finance manager, sales manager, general sales manager, and, and just moved up the ladder. Um, got tired of the car business when I went to Florida, went to work for a 3PL, worked for them for 11 months, saw all the money that I was making them. And they were paying me 50 grand a year base and a very small bonus. Didn't even know that they was an agent program. One of the agents that uh, went jumped ship and went to an agent. One of the W2 employees <clears throat> jumped ship. He was like, you know, you can do this yourself. I'm like, really? He's like, sure. Um, did some investigating, found out there's agent programs. Again, I didn't know any of this existed um, until about two months prior to me leaving. So about nine months into the business. Um, jump ship, fought a non-compete, non-solicit, uh, beat that, won that. That was a, um, that was a little hairy. Uh, and then fast forward, I'm, um, where I'm at today. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, so what that's, they harassed you pretty good on that. I'm leaving with that non-compete. Huh? It was the, it was the, I was the first client. I was the first person ever sued. So they did a couple things wrong. Number one, they hired an employment attorney. Um, they had hired an employment attorney doing a more complex of non-compete. So he didn't have a lot of experience. Uh, mm -hmm. They did not try to get an injunction to shut me down. Mm -hmm. If they would have hired the attorney that I hired, who mm -hmm. is specializes in non-compete, I probably would not be where I'm at today. So they made some errors. They got into some um, – they got um, – um, held in contempt for not providing all the documents into the discovery process. Um, they lost their arbitration. They So it went to arbitration. They lost on every merit. Um, it was non-binding arbitration. So their only choice left was to go to court <clears throat> all the way to a trial, to a jury, um, and, and, and roll the dice. They chose wow. not to do that. They tapped out. They wrote a check. Obviously, I was clear of the, of all the covenants. Um, and, and then, and then obviously I just kept moving on. And my attorney kept saying, you know, I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And he's like, do you just do what you do best? Service your clients, make money, continue to do it. We'll handle, you know, R and L and, and their attorneys. Um, and they were ready for them at every, at every pass. Mm -hmm. And it just worked out. Well, that's that's good. I mean, that's definitely one thing that I think we both can be super passionate on the same side. I think it's a crime that they would, that some of these big brokerages, the way that they hold people basically hostage <laughs> within their own company, you know, not being able to leave. But that's definitely going to be something we talk about later. Um, myself, sure. I, I got started. I was actually one of my regulars was the, one of the directors of business development at R&R. And he just liked the way I was as a bartender. Said, hey, man, customer service is great. I was in school at the time at Duquesne. Um, but, you know, yeah, honest to God. And, and, and here's the thing. I came into freight, and I think that you would agree with this. I remember the first load I booked, uh, you know, it, it, it seemed so easy, right? Call these people, tell them you can do this, give them a price, and then get it done. And the first load I booked, booked it off the board. The person said that they would be here. Didn't ask for the driver's name, nothing. I just got an email, sent a Raycon. <laughs> It's uh, like no this is hey, there, there was a hundred dollars in margin, and for me that was an hour at the bar. So I'm like, this is 
okay, I can do that. Yeah, no tracking, no anything. Next day, it's like noon. Customer's like, hey, where's my truck? I was like, oh, he said he was going to be there at 8 a.m. He had delivery at 7 o'clock next door. No problem, buddy. And uh, I called and he said, oh, man, I thought I called you. We, we, had to, we picked up another load. Uh, I was like, what? I was paying <laughs> oh. you $2,000. Like $2,000 and you're just going to, what? And I called the customer and said, oh, my truck broke down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you gonna say at noon? And, and, and I got it recovered. Days, and I got it recovered. I was like, you know, he broke down. He's right down the street. Whatever, you know, something. And, I, and I'm in shock. And I'm like thinking to myself, this. No wonder this guy said this business was so easy. It's not real. You, these guys just lie to you. And he's probably already loaded for my customer anyway and didn't tell me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then got the guy recovered. And from there on out, and that's kind of what led me to well where we're at today. And when I, you know. It's, it's crazy to me, and I think if people outside the trucking industry just knew how many brokers are telling drivers the wrong info and vice versa, that it is a, truly a small miracle that everything is on the shelves. And, and, and that's one thing that I don't understand. And I guess going in this business, you know, came from something that anything I was at, if you said you were going to do something, you do it. And, Amen. you know, for me... I was talking cutting grass for 50 bucks or clearing out a house or doing something like that. And now you have people that are talking about, Hey, I want to pay you $5,000 to move this stuff. That's worth $50,000. And to me, I'm like, and so I, I started sending these update emails and they're like, Hey, we really appreciate this. And I was like, and I just asked, I was like, well, doesn't everybody do that? Oh, the only ones. So I guess that was the thing that I saw then in this business. And eight years later, here we are is, you know, it really does come down to, and I think Matt, you can attest to it. People get attached to people and customer service. And if you care, that's the best thing to sell is yourself. And I'm sure, John, that's why you've had so much success is, you know, the time. And, and, and that is the biggest thing I think that you can put in is the time. Oh, no. You, am I Absolutely. still connected there? Yep, we hear you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It said network connection lost, but yeah, no, the, the, the time that you can give people and give your customers. So, you know, it just, especially like in weather like this, a driver says, Hey, you know, I'll deliver next day at 10 AM. Well, you know what? There's a foot of snow. How in God's name could you possibly know that you're going to get 400, even if it's 300 miles, 400 miles overnight or whatever it may be. So, you know, get ahead of it. Start that call. Now, if they're on macro point, do not call people overnight. Actually, in general, don't call people overnight. People have to sleep. Um, but I, I, I use GPS on every driver. John, do you use GPS tracking on most of your trucks? Um, about 90% of them. So depending – so I, about 95% of my stuff is irregular carriers. I uh -huh. mean, I've not only the – I'm talking to the owners, dispatchers. A lot of them are small companies. So in, in that regard, I can just pick up the phone. So uh, LDI charges two bucks for micro pointer trucker tools. Those right. guys, I'm, which is which is pennies. I won't do that. Mm -hmm. Any any first time carrier, any foreign carrier, any carrier mm -hmm. one off carrier, absolutely, we're going to track them and make sure that they're they're and and you're going to accept tracking or you know there's obviously a ha there must be a financial uh, ramification if if you, a consequence if you don't accept tracking. And to be honest with you, if you don't accept tracking, I'm going to pull you off and use somebody else that will do tracking. Uh, and and okay, so I guess this will be my first time I ask Alex because I know that I we get this come up all the time, and our TMS is linked so that we can see when the driver's phone's compatible, if he's tracking, if he's not, if the driver actually chooses to stop tracking. Um, in regards to fines, 
So we, it turns into a fight almost every time, even though it's in the rate confirmation. If that isn't installed, Alex, what's your thoughts on the fines for not, you know, for no tracking, even if, if the dispatch verbally agrees or in, and obviously it's in the rate con and then the driver just chooses not to. Well, I mean, this is how we deal with it as a carrier, man. I tell all my drivers, I mean, I, I made a post about this the other day or a comment, like freight's okay. becoming way more common where the brokers won't even send rate cons anymore until driver accepts. Like, right. I ran maybe six, seven loads today. I think five of them. I wasn't even getting paperwork until the driver was on tracking. So that's, right. I mean, step one. Step two, I, I always do this because like you said, it's in the rate con. And you, you never know what's going to happen with technology, man. Tracking can stop for a number of reasons. And I always put in writing in the email, driver is on tracking. I send them a screenshot of him tracking. And I say, if there's an interruption on this tracking, please reply all so we can solve it. When you send that to the broker and then they try to hit me with a fine in the morning, I tell them, hey, did you send us an email? Did you reach out to anybody to ask us mm -hmm. what's happening? Why did it drop? No, you didn't. I'm not taking that fine. Because who knows why I dropped, you know, like we're not there. It's technology. If you don't tell me that the tracking is interrupted and give me a reasonable amount of time to solve that issue, you're not mm -hmm. finding me. For that. I don't care who you are. I'm not taking that fine. If you didn't reach out to us to ask us, hey, can you solve this issue? Then you're not finding me. For that. No way. But I mean, my drivers are cool. They accept tracking. They track. I don't have anything with that. Right. Let's touch on fines a little bit too, because I, I think Ben and John maybe view this a little bit a little bit differently. I, I could be wrong, but when you guys are finding a driver for anything, I'm talking about, you know, a late late delivery, uh, you know, tracking, you know, different different things. Uh, I mean, in, in my opinion, finding should not. This my opinion should go back to the customer and not as a a profit margin. But I I know that you guys may view that a little bit, a little bit differently depending on the scenario. So you guys want to talk on that. Answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll say on my end, can't, cause here's the issue, right? Is when there's a discrepancy billing comes to me and says, Hey, carrier showing rate con a, and you now have rate B. And then they look at the customer unless we, and this is R and R as a company. Um, unless our customer has deducted that same rate. We like mm -hmm. there, there is no, I'm cutting it. If you know, I'm cutting you, Mr. Carrier a thousand and I'm going to keep the rate the same to my customer. Um, that's just something that actually can't be done uh, on a billing end. And personally never done that. I just always saw that as a pass through when there's an issue, um, because if you're doing it right, 99% of the time you should be making, I mean, obviously there's the recoveries and the, this to that, but you should be quoting it right so that you're making money. They've already paid you. So if there's an extra problem, that's already baked into the, you know, baked into the cake, so to speak. So there's no reason. I, I think that that's, well, not that I think, I mean, I know that there's people that do it and um, it's again, that's what gives the, the brokers the bad name. And it's, and it's always going to happen. You're never going to be able to stop it until there's full transparency. And that's on every end because there's customers out there that'll tell you that their customer back charge them. And unless you get the paperwork, they may just be making a couple extra bucks. Um, John, your thoughts? Um, so I probably rate rate reduced about a dozen carriers a dozen times over 2023. Mm -hmm. And I just rate reduced one two days ago. And this is a regular carrier and I hated to do it. So mm -hmm. um, they picked up the load on the 28th. 
they want to run it over New Year's, um, over New Year's. When I, um, so they picked it up on the 28th, the last conversation, and, and they take it, what they do is they load it on a local truck, they line haul, it's a California carrier, they've got three yards, one in California, one in Texas, one in Columbus, they're, they have about 400 units, so they're a decent sized company. They got the, um, they went, they took the yard, they took the trailer to Columbus. Uh, again, they will t- typically give me the, um, the drivers, um, Sam Sarah link in this case, they did not, but I had emailed them. Hey, is everything good? Sure. It's all good. Got the line hall set up. I emailed them from the, uh, you know, from the 28th, 29th. And then after that, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. Well, I guess the, um, they, they decided not to work over the holiday. I did not get another response back until the second day of January. So we're talking from the 28th to the second and the trailer was still setting in Columbus. I mean, dude, Obviously, yeah. you're going to so, find somebody for no communication right away. Correct. So, <laughs> so like and, and my rate con, yeah. And my rate con actually says I will not rate reduce a carrier for breakdowns, mechanical, any of those things, but I will rate i will i will reduce the rate for a i pay for a team and i get a solo or b no communication that, that i mean that, that's a fair that's fair you, you don't though you don't give that back to the customer though in most no. scenarios so so my customer and and, and I, I don't obviously my customer doesn't care what i pay a carrier N- none of them do i and if i if i surveyed every one of them they could care less what they do care about is a to b so in this case I asked the carrier, I asked the carrier. So you basically, the freight was seven days late. And the reason why I was seven days late, I couldn't get an appointment until Tuesday. Um, And the following Tuesday, because we found out on the second, I couldn't get an appointment until Tuesday because it went out to IHERB out in California. And I said, so I asked them, what do you think a fair deduction should be? And I actually had to send this email about four times before they would even give me a number. I said, she's like, well, I need to talk to my manager. And I'm like, that's fine. So give me a fair number. The carrier. carrier. I asked the carrier. Absolutely. I asked the carrier. Right. (laughs) So, so I could do, I could do 1500 bucks within my rate con, $250 per day. I could do $1,500. That's what you're allowed to take from them by the Per day, by the rate con. So I asked them what a fair number is. And I had, I swear, I asked four or five times. What did they say? And I, they finally come back with 200 bucks. Yeah, bro. You didn't answer email seven days, 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah, 200, 200 bucks. So long story short, I said, if you would have told me, if you would have told me 500, I would have took that because I want to work with you again. Yeah, it's fair. But, but because, but because, you 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 lowballed me at two hundred dollars. I cut them at seven fifty. Yeah, but what did they say about not answering for seven days? Like you they, can't they, have an excuse they, for that. Like. So here's what's the funny part. They said holiday. Yeah, I'm like, holiday. okay. So so I said, okay. So why did you communicate on the one that we had that picked up on the twenty third uh, of of December, and we had no I, problems on the I, one I, that I, delivered that picked up on the twenty third and delivered on the twenty seventh. The, they didn't have I an mean, dude as a carrier you can catch me on my email worst case like if i don't answer my phone maybe work phone 
But if you send me an email, like you'll get a reply same day within a reasonable amount of time. And if I'm late for your load, I'm going to tell you like the day before the delivery appointment, I'm going to be late for your load, not seven days after your delivery appointment. Like, so who goes, I, that's a while. Who, who goes though? Kind of the topic at hand though. You're not giving that back to the, the customer. So what's kind of your thought process on, on keeping, keeping that money. So, um, because again, going back to my customer and I agreed on a rate again, if you called Nate up, he, he's going to say, I don't care what John makes to be exact. He, that's the guy that was actually, um, at the bar when I was in West Virginia, right? That, that was the guy, Nate. He'll say, John, I hope you make as much money as you can. Me and him agreed on a number and Nate's very, uh, freight conscientious with his freight and, and his costs. Because in the health and he's in health and beauty guys. So in his health and beauty industry, it's all delivered costs. So he has to pay for the freight. And that's very common. So, you know, Nate wasn't, wouldn't care. And what would you say your total profit is off of the 12, 13 carriers, you know, you find uh, this year that you've kept. $50,000. <laughs> what, what I mean, no, that's, well, I'm not sure I understand. You're, keeping, you're saying you're keeping the, keeping the money because the customer doesn't care, but. Um, sure. You and I have debated this before, but what would you say your total profit is on those twelve or thirteen carriers that you've found? You mean you mean you mean the what I what I kept of those twelve your or thirteen in addition on those fines? Well, a lot of them were just two fifty. Uh, the other than that seven fifty one, most of them two fifty, maybe one that was five hundred. So let's say four grand or less, three grand or less, somewhere in that neighborhood. Hmm. That's so not a huge thing. number. That's the same thing you do on the lumpers, correct? When if there's an error, that check is coming coming back to coming back to you as opposed to the absolutely because all I have now every one of my customers, and I did something in 2024. I I don't have this in all. I have all of my refrigerated customers that do lumpers. Well, it's dry refrigerated because I do dry that has lumpers. Is an all-in cost. They love that. I added one caveat to one customer this year and I said, let's do, let's add $150 because I'm going to all grocery warehouses and probably 60% of those have detention involved. I said, let's do this. Let's add $150 on all of our agreed lane rates. So it'll be lumper and detention. And if, I, I come out ahead on a couple. Great. If I have to pay four hours, like I actually had to pay eight hours the other day in Ashland, um, Virginia, because um, they got they had a loss of power with the winds. They had a loss of power and the guy sat there all day long. He didn't get out of there until four o'clock because they were backed up because they because the grocery warehouse didn't have power for a couple. So of what hours is your detention rate? I don't know. I think we've already asked you that. But. Yeah, yeah. So 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 in that case where that that actually was that customer it was all in. Um so I added 150. I just said, dude, I'm gonna pay you 150 bucks. And they said, man, we really appreciate that. Because I guess they're not used to getting 150. They didn't fight me over eight hours. Well, actually six. So you give them two free, so it would be six. They were there a total of eight. So, so I gave them I gave them one hundred and fifty dollars for six well, hours, which is what I billed the customer for twenty five an hour and a little bit yeah. extra. Thirty seven. So that brings me into this comment, then, or I guess Ben. Before I pull up this comment, what's your detention rate standard? I mean, what are you? I mean, you so mo all of my stuff is customer dependent. It's anywhere from fifty to one hundred dollars an hour. Um, 
and that's and it's after two. Wait, but you're you're doing flatbed though, right? Yeah, right. flatbed Conestoga, and then for the heavy haul, I mean, we had a guy out in Oxnard, California, it was nine axles, where that's two hundred and fifty an hour um, after two. But typically, we well, actually for this guy, we gave him a full day rate. He drove all the way down from Oregon. That's super specialized stuff. I mean, that's going to yeah. be. You know, if if it's not a carrier that you know on a on a name to name basis, and you're sending you know a half million or million dollar piece of equipment on a prayer off the you know off the load board, then God bless you. But yeah. you know, I yeah, two fifty an hour. I don't compare your guys's detention rates since it's on. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is the comment. Uh, what do you guys think about this comment? Like. Okay. Especially I like how late with John's, John's six hours. You know, late fees for a carrier are always minimum five hundred bucks rescheduling fee for the most part. I mean, I've seen like oh wow, two fifty, two fifty, but I mean, yeah. I got slapped a couple of times five hundred dollar rescheduling fee. I mean, why is it that the late fees for the carriers from the customers always insane? And then we have a guy sit six, seven, eight hours and we pay him 150 bucks. Well, the late fees are determined by the grocery warehouse. U.S. Food said every time, if anybody that's listening, we all know that if you, as soon as you schedule, when you go into Retalix and you schedule an appointment, what, when they give you the appointment confirmation, there's a PD, two PDF documents. One is your appointment confirmation and the other one is a late fee schedule. So if it's, I think it starts at a hundred, goes to 150, goes up to 250. So that's set. That is set by the grocery warehouse, and it's not set by the broker. Mm -hmm. Well, so that for me, attention, though, you know? yeah, I mean, for for me, you know, first of all, ahead of time, if it's a if it's a hot load, an expedited load, whatever it may be, if it's something critical, and this is where I don't really know as much about the reefer and van world. You know, it sounds like if you miss just a regular run of the mill appointment, you're stuck for a week or two, which to me is crazy, but. On our end, if we're doing a time-sensitive delivery, because the majority of flatbed work, unless you're going to a crane for a job site or there's a crew that came in, or if it's something going to a manufacturing line, um, we're typically on those loads paying a good premium over what's considered, you know, average or even above average. Um, for instance, you know, I'll give you one that we do normally would be Pittsburgh down to Dallas. And when it's no tarp, we'll move that with, you know, with somebody who is from Dallas on another project for R&R, &R, but you know, that'll be just above, it's like 220, two to 220 a mile. But there's a, we have a job site delivery going for where they're actually bringing in the equipment. You know, they're, they're renting a forklift. So that forklift's going to cost them like in this instance, it's 750 bucks an hour. So if you're late, it's, it, I think it's just holding up different, at least, at least on my end, when we're doing those. It, and that's why it's higher than the detention. I mean, but that's the only time we're doing those fees. This is the thing I have an issue with, uh, with I mean, with what John said specifically. Like, yeah. you're going to charge the carrier what the customer charges you for the late fee, uh -huh. you know? Mm -hmm. But then if the customer, let's say for John's example, I'm not sure, obviously I don't have insight into this, but I know for a fact, you know, the customers are going to pay sometimes 50, 50 bucks detention. And then yeah. the broker is going to turn around and give less than what the customer like. So you want to charge us what your that's customer not right. You, but you don't want to give us what your customer gives you. Yeah, that that you know? that's not right. Well, it's a, well you got to it, remember, be 50, it's not that. So in U.S. Foods, like so, U.S. Foods, Walmart, Publix, Costco, that's all delivered in pricing. So transportation has to be included. You so if we're going so if we're speaking of a grocery warehouse, the grocery warehouse is setting the fees. 
the carrier has to pay those if they were late. The grocery warehouse doesn't care if it's they blow a tire. I mean, and thank God we don't go to a Dollar General because I <laughs> I, I think I shared this three months for a, it was three months before the next appointment, yeah. and it's very common to do ten or twelve days or two common. weeks. It, it depends right. where you go, though. Yeah. Costco is very very different than U.S. Foods, and I, I say that for experience. There's Costco. There's no such. I've never never paid attention in Costco. I don't even remember. You never paid attention at a cost. You probably, ha if, if the guys are late, it's going to get rescheduled, though. At yeah, it's going to get rescheduled sometimes, but sometimes you can show up depending on the location. And some of these drivers were bribing people to get unloaded late or just get rescheduled the next day. It wouldn't be a week week or two out. Yeah, Costco is usually the next day. Costco. If you're a minute late, it's the next day delivery. That's how Costco is, for, for me at least, for driving. That drive-in stuff, that's just – I did a little bit of it my first year, and, I mean, I guess I kind of understand it, but, man, that's like a different world that you guys have to deal with. Like with, I you mean, know. there's a lot of – like Matt said, there's a lot of tipping. You know, if you call somebody, like, directly and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be an hour late. Can you stay for me? We'll give you 50 bucks. We'll give you 100 bucks. Buy you guys some lunch. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of receivers and shippers are cool. Too. There you go. That, that could transition us into one. John, I'm a huge yeah. fan of this, and I don't know about you and how it's going, but – taking care of your customers in terms of, or even just your shippers and receivers who you're dealing with on a daily basis. Hey man, you know, let me buy the crew pizza. Like we have one that it's just an outside processor in Baltimore. And I bought 20 medium pizzas last week because they loaded one of my trucks 15 minutes after what time they're supposed to. You, uh, I mean, big fan of that, right? I think it goes a long way. Absolutely. During COVID, I was having, I was doing these medical gloves out of, and I, I never bought an LTL carrier pizza ever yeah. or, or lunch but i was having the hard time because everybody was busy ltl care is busy and i was having estes over in jersey city pick they were and they service you know brooklyn and i had a customer over in, i still have a customer over in brooklyn jewish people they were great they're great folks and i'd miss one or two days i'm like look what do i have to do i like i called them up and i said look do I have to buy you nut lunch to make sure that you pick up these gloves because you know the be exact the gloves were going to Kimber the gun manufacturers where they were going in Alabama. And I'm like, can you, I said, what do I have to do? I said, well, lunch, get this picked up. And they were like, yeah, I probably would. I said, how, what do I need to send? Like, so I right. send lunch all the time. And I even quote about, you know, what about the drivers on site? Like, so I, I and, and Alex, let me get, I guess I'm curious about that too. So, you know, we've had times where it's, guys that are on site and, you know, the shipper will come out and say, Hey, it's going to be a couple hours and they'll call, Hey, you know, my guy's gonna be a couple hours. And it's, so, you know, we'll pay attention. They're like, okay, we're going to stay. And, and we've done this, you know, and offered guys Uber eat like, Hey, we'll Uber mm -hmm. eat, you know, to your driver to the, is that something that like an insulting, like, a, Oh, I'm waiting. And now you want to offer to do this? Like, or is that something that like, you're, you're totally cool with us doing because I know, like, I, I've had it taken both ways. Like, one dude was like, you know, take your lunch and, you know, but yeah. So, yeah. Dude, all of my years of doing this, the only thing a broker has ever offered me, and this is not even an offer. Nobody's offered to buy my driver lunch. Nobody's offered nothing. Oh, geez. They rarely mm. even tell you sorry. Usually, what happens is I get to a delivery. I have a 2 p.m. appointment. Let's say they get there and they say, hey, we're, we're slow. You, you might get a dock around 6 p.m. This is the only thing that happens when that happens. I send an email that says, hey, we're going to have to get detention here 100%. Confirm detention rate with me right now so we don't have issues if it's not on the rate count, stuff like that. And that's it. And the broker rarely even says sorry. They just say, cool, send me a BOL when you're empty. And they just disappear for the next fucking six hours. Kevin put up an interesting uh, comment. You want to put that on the screen, Alex? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, a broker has never offered to to buy my driver lunch, man. The, they barely they barely want to pay detention when when we have detention. So I don't know. Nice. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just I was yeah basically saying that you know they risk uh, risk people getting fired for that, which is interesting. What buying a pizza? I don't know. I don't or know. Always, ask, so I mean, you always it's, ask it's, the manager first. Oh, I'm not just going to surprise deliver know. 20 pizzas. This guy said it's, from carriers. This guy's saying like when I tip like a receiver that whoever accepts my tip can get fired. Oh, oh, oh so. this is how it goes. You call them and you ask them. And many times I've heard we're not allowed to accept tips, but we'll stay for you or we can't stay for you. But usually if they can, it's not like we go to the receiver and first point of contact, we find some random dock worker. We're like, hey, buddy, hey, okay, here's 50 bucks. bucks. <laughs> Dude, it's not like that. I call their, their office. I speak to a secretary. Secretary sends me to some manager guy. Manager says, yeah, I got some workers. They, they'll accept to unload you after. Like, I'm not going in there and, like, trying yeah. to be like, hey, buddy, please, forklift driver, he's 50 bucks, please, bro. I mean, nobody likes to openly give people money, right? Like, it's not something yeah. you want to just go into. <laughs> just Yeah, you're not going to go blind into a facility and be like, oh, here's 100 bucks, unload me. And then that guy puts it in his pocket and doesn't tell Stick anybody. it on your windshield wiper and drive up to the loading <laughs> dock and say, who's next? Uh, it's not have you guys ever you guys ever heard of this i had a carrier that was late at costco and he's like don't worry i'm gonna figure out how to get unloaded and what he said is he put his mom on speakerphone or some family member pretended to have a death in the family <laughs> whatever it takes and apparently oh, yeah. it worked, he got unloaded and he basically was a messed up thing to lie about but he was like lying about a family member dying in this whole Dude. whole story but he somehow got unloaded being hours Whoa. late at costco I told my driver one time we had the same situation on a Friday and if he didn't get unloaded, he'd be stuck and I had a pre-book. And we told the receiver that uh, his wife was having his kid. He needs to get how he worked. Because one oh, man, by any means necessary. The first time. The first time now, what, I, lie, like. what I do is during the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I'll offer to buy the drivers, um, you know, dinner, you know, if or all of my clients. I paid for parking a couple times. Driver said, you know, hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, unsafe. Hey, man, if you need need to pay for parking, I'll pay for parking. It's not a big deal. It's, you know, it's 15, 25 bucks, you know. I've, um, I've bought a lot of, of dinners out on the road, like I said, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And that's the great thing when you work for yourself. It's your yeah. money and, and, you're, and you can do those types of things. Just, you know, like Ben mentioned, you know, you, you can do it for the customers and shippers. And I think both of us probably do that all the time. But when it comes to the drivers, I mean, I don't mind. It's, it's 50 bucks, 30 bucks. It's, it's not a lot of money compared to what we make, you know? Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, like we have sweatshirts uh, that we, we try to give to all the drivers. You know, I got my girlfriend's dad actually runs a truck here in Pittsburgh. So, you know, we try to, we try to look at it. And, and I think that this is one of the, it benefits of an asset as a broker you can really sell yourself but i guess that comes down to you got you got to really have the relationships with the carriers um you know you can really present yourself as having a fleet don't lie to people and say you got 700 trucks say hey man i got three carriers i work with with a total of 70 trucks that are all based in this area and we're doing this this and that you know what can my guys do for you and that's where i think you know and I, I know John agrees with the carrier relationship thing, but this is where like, I would rather pay somebody that's going to do a better job and I'm still going to check on them. I don't care who you are, every single one, because that, that's only for the customer, right? Pay us that, whatever our fee is to make sure that things go smoothly. And even if it's my best friend, 
behind the truck. I'm still going to make sure that, or, you know, my team's going to make sure people are where they need to be. But if you have guys that care and it'll do it right, I think that that extra 50 or hundred dollars could, you know, and even if you give that away each day in the long run, when you think about the time and the other opportunity, I think it's worth it to quote or pay. Um, and I think that this is one where me and Gary are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, interesting one, situation think... happened to me today. I hauled a load from somebody on LinkedIn. They needed a recovery, and I told them uh, it was a long story. I had to bring my truck back empty. I I, I beat him up on the raid really badly. I, I still feel bad about it, but he told me, "Yo, you know what? You helped me out. I see you around on LinkedIn. I know you're gonna pick it up. I know you're gonna drop it off." And he paid me way more than a fair rate to get it done. And he just yeah. told me, I'll pay you this because I know you're going to get it done and I'm not going to have to bother you and I'm not going to have to think about it. You know? so. have, have you ever had somebody call you and offer you such a crazy rate that you said like, hey, man, like you can just get or like they offer you a crazy rate and, and you're like and you know, you have them by, <laughs> you know, you have them and you're like, hey, man, thirty five hundred. I need you to do six grand. And they're like, no, I mean, nah. when it's people, you know, I want to build that future relationship. Like I had told them. Man, I really need this number, but this is the lowest I'll do it for. I can actually get okay. it done for. And we met really close to the top number. I was honest with him. I told him, this is what I really need. This is what I'll help you out with as a friend. And, yeah. and he paid me over that friend price. So, I mean, like if and it's transactional, awesome. if it's a broker off DAT and he's calling me, he goes, oh, a carrier just fell off. Like, I know I can. I can <laughs> like, I know I'm going to tell that guy, okay, I'll, like, you know, he needs me. But when it's people His eyes out. I want to yeah. work with, especially off LinkedIn, I mean, I'm not ever going to – I need a fair price to run my truck. You know, I'm not going to kill you on the rate. Yeah. What's your take on that, John? Because uh, as now Ben said, I think you and John have – you and Ben have debated this on LinkedIn before, <laughs> but I know you're big on negotiating for an extra 50 or or $100 on, on most loads. So, again, a lot of times when I speak about negotiation – it's not the 95%, it's the 5%. So the 5% that is a one time, I mean, it's kind of like a one night stand, right? I mean, it's just, it's going to be a one and done. And those people, um, you know, that I know that I'm never going to do business again. I've done, you know, LDI's got the, they're okay. As far as that goes, they're, they're good. They're, they're 411 good. What have you. Those are the people I'm going to negotiate with. Those are the people I'm going to negotiate down and try to find the floor of where the where they'll say yes. It and you know and that's that's just you know part of my DNA for negotiating for 25 years in the car business. For every, I mean, you know, you think about, you know, I, I look at it as volume. You know, you know, if you give away 50 bucks and you do that enough times, it turns into a lot of money. It turns into a mortgage payment, then it turns into a car payment, then it turns into a boat payment. You know, you know, so, that, you know, but the 95% of the folks that I do business with, they'll always, they'll, there's none of them that will ever tell you that I wasn't fair. It's that okay. 5% that I, that I, that I focus on because there are, you know, I mean, look about it. You know, you take, um, you know, I see the emails every day, right? Where they'll send out a load list and there's like, there's like a hundred loads, like Redwood sends them out, um, arrive logistics sends them out to see them every day and and these are a list of three or four hundred loads they've got they've got contracted rates for and then if you look every single one of those loads are on the board and they're looking for that transactional business because right. if they're only on the board because the regular carriers aren't available or don't want the loads but you don't, those are the you people i'm talking about 
but you talked about too though about having like the guy who came to your house for Christmas that you don't pay him any higher oh, rate yeah. in the market, you know? Sure. I mean, because you know, I'm because the rate that I'm paying him, and again it's subjective, is fair. Dude, he, he, I mean, we're friends, but he's, you know, that's Steve White. He's still going to try to hit me up for more money. And I'm like, you know, Steve, no. Also know that Steve's customer is in Ohio and is about 13 miles from Akron. That's where his customer's at. So I know he needs to go there. He can, he has two choices, deadhead empty or take my load. So even though Steve used my house, even though that Steve brought me my generators here to Tennessee and I cut him a deal on, on, the the rent for staying at my place for a week. Well, actually 10 days. Well, you know, I'm still not going to overpay him, especially when it's a lane that I know I can cover, but he got the right, he got the right money. But you paid him the same. You'd pay a carrier on the board was your, was your. I have a a question in regards to, so John, what are your, cause I know like in flatbed. Okay. I can and so like I agree with you there. So in, in those people that I don't know, absolutely, I'm gonna tell them and fight for every fifty bucks and hundred bucks. You know, it was just the people we know. For but for like and but I think that the markets more so than your negotiation skills in a lot of like if you have freight coming out of Des Moines, Iowa for a flatbed, I could teach my three year old godson how to broker flatbed freight out of Des Moines, Iowa. If you have a not you know if you have a fair rate, right? Like it really, it, it, it's just simple. Hey, this is this, this is that, because everybody wants out. But at the same time, if you're trying to move freight, up, you know, Birmingham, Alabama, in May, and that's where I guess I'd be interested because I don't know the drive-in market. So with your audience, do you think that there's the location or the geography? Because I mean, you bring up West Virginia. And I can't imagine any part of West Virginia at any point in history being a freight hotspot except for northern during the silk <laughs> industry. But, you know, do, do you think that that has something to do? Or like I, 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 Georgia, I think van freight out of Georgia is pretty easy. Uh, like, do, do yes. you think that maybe the, the outbound market influences a lot of you know, your negotiation leverage? Because when it comes down to it, if you're the only place in town – <laughs> Like like Denzel said, you know, you, you want to go to jail or you want to go home? You want to get the deadhead empty. So, I mean, do you think that the, that those markets have a big, big impact on carrier sales? You absolutely are correct. So let's take West Virginia, for example. There are three shippers in the state of West Virginia that move reefer freight. Three. Uh-huh. That's it. And I do business with two out of three, and the third one's a chicken plant up in Moorfield, West Virginia, 250 miles away up in the northeastern part of the state. So, and and because I know my market, I know what to say. All right, bud, you're either going to have to deadhead toward Columbus, and maybe, and Prime has the contract that does the um, General Mills to Steedo plant. You're going to have to go there, or you're going to have to go to Kentucky about 160 miles and get some of that Arby's roast beef. Yeah, your connection's a little rough. Sucks. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah now we can hear you. <laughs> oh, <hold on. laughs> he's like, damn it. <laughs> we can hear him now he's gone. 
But, I mean, but, but geography, like, geography thing. does mean a lot, and knowing and knowing your market, like like I'll use another yeah. one, like can like Kansas. There is so within. I mean, there's just you know, it's 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 very probably similar to West Virginia. It's very rural, and like if I've got a like so, if I see a five one three number, you know, which or seven four zero, which I know is Ohio, right? And I get I get the these and I see these numbers, like. The, I know the guy wants to go back and, and my customer's only 130 miles away from Columbus. And so I know that. And I'll say, look, you've got my, my, my load at 1800, or you've got this other load that's up the road that you can, and I'll look at it. I said, we'll look at it together. I see that you see it's posted for 1300. And by the way, that's going to Zanesville to dollar general. So if yeah. you want to roll the dice and go to dollar general, more power yeah. to you. Me and you have got into this a bunch of times, man. And but I agree for that Kansas load. We heard you negotiate the last time. Me and my friend, we just agreed that that's a decent load out of there. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But like it doesn't matter the number, it doesn't matter your negotiating skills. Man, you have the load, you have the rate up, and you have so much capacity that you just say this is the rate until somebody accepts it, and that's it. Like, I mean, you but, keep talking negotiating, negotiating, bro. There's no negotiating in carrier sales. You guys just say this is the price, yes or no, and hang up, bro. No, 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 no. Well, I don't hang up, but 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 there's but there's but if a carrier has a number of eighteen hundred, and that's that's their bottom dollar, and you just hang up the phone, but I can show time and time again by citing examples that I got that eighteen hundred down to sixteen. It, by doing additional negotiation, having put in a little more skill, a little more time and a little more effort. Now you're on the other, you're a carrier. How many times do, when you make a phone call and you say two, they say 18 and one of you immediately hangs up the phone. I don't do that. I don't do that either. That's what I yeah. But Andy, a lot of them do. Uh, ben back in Alex. He's here waiting oh, for you. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do that, man. I give them my number. Uh, or they, I mean, it's been funny. Every time that they give me their number first, I think about you. But they give me their number first all the time, man. Like, I negotiated a load yesterday. I told him, what do you want to pay for this? He goes, we're trying to be at 19. I told him, cool, I need 24. He goes, okay, let me check. He goes, can you do 22? I'm like, no, I can't. I need 24. He goes, okay, let me check. Can you do 23? I told him, no. Like, bro, I told you I need 24. And he goes, okay. I'll do it for 24. I'm like, all right, bro. There we go. Like, so yeah, I may have missed something. I never hang up on them. Even if John, they tell do you me post rates? I never hang up. Never, never. I never post rates. I, I, okay. I, well, let me make a correction. I probably posted less than five in 2023. 20, I posted one the other day because the customer forgot and I paid. I mean, I, you even commented on it. I, I, I put a man, my phone up. You, my phone lit up like everybody in my state dialed 911. Like, I mean, blew up. And I had 60-some missed calls by the time I covered it. Yeah, you and, and that's what right. I'm saying, bro. What negotiating? You just pick a bottom number, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, phone calls minutes, bro. So, so, why, so what would be stopping you? And I think that you and I had a pretty spirited talk one morning about this. What would be stopping you, especially out of these markets that are slow? Like right now, you know, Houston, anywhere in the southeast, Houston, Texas, if I have a full truckload, and it's paying more than two twenty-five a mile going into like an Alabama, Georgia. It doesn't take anything to just tell somebody that number, and then I can save myself from my phone exploding from going through how many carriers and this and that. And you just have somebody else do it. 
I, and again, I guess when it comes down to it, if it's not a, if you have a hundred people calling you, it's like going to the bar and being like, you know, the only say, if you walk into a bar and you're the only single dude, <laughs> and, there's, and, there, and there, you know what I mean? And there's, and, there, and there's 50 nah. girls, you know, it, it's like, chances right. are good. Chances are right. good. Hey, if you're the only single woman in a bar full of dudes, that's more what it's like, bro. I mean, you ain't, you ain't wrong, but that's every bar. So I didn't want to say that and just, you know, ruin everybody's hopes. So. <laughs> but no, well, I, I, mean, I see that point. I mean, I, Maybe that's why I don't really think there's a whole lot of negotiation either for that for that. Same like if, if if I post a load out of Birmingham, Alabama, it could be going. It doesn't matter where it's going or what it is. If it doesn't have a rate on it on whatever board in God's creation in June or May, it, nobody's calling. So there's no skill or there's no nothing there. there it, like that 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 takes a different. And I guess that's where like true carrier sales, true negotiation, and, and another kind of customer service. Like if you're trying to pull out of heavy volume markets and make money you know that's where it takes the time and it takes somebody to go in because if you're looking at if you call three carriers on a lane that one to three hundred dollars spread could mean the difference in everything but at the same time you have to keep them happy because the rates can shift where if they're not around you're gonna take a loss but if they are around you can make a great you know great profit so i guess it is that where like alex how do you <laughs> I mean, and obviously right now there's no quote unquote hot zones unless you go into really, really, <laughs> well, D Detroit, Michigan in a snowstorm, like Grand Rapids on Monday, go there. I'll be paying I mean, good Chicago, money out of there. Bro, it's only Chicago. If you're I know, Chicago, but you don't run any flatbeds. Like, we got to get you some. You're not pulling $3 a mile on a drive-in anywhere in America unless you're in Chicago off the spot market. That's obviously not right. really ship-based. Right. But, so I guess, then, and, and that's I mean, probably where, the go ahead, John. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I do, the only thing I do flatbed is step decks. Step decks with ramps. That's all I do. It's all step decks, ramps on the brake trucks, right? And, um, and I moved, and, and I, and I had a big campaign here recently, and I thought, I thought, I am going to get clobbered in Brooklyn, New York. I moved, like, I don't know, 60 units in, like, four days. And I thought, I'm going to get clobbered out of New, out of Brooklyn, do you know no. what? I I didn't get clobbered at all. I was, I mean, my phone you rang make, off the hook. John, let me move your step deck yeah. freight and you'll make more money on it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> People are, of course, you're not going to get clobbered in Brooklyn, New York, brother. Because if yeah. you're not charging a premium to go in there, you're an idiot. You're going to yeah. go out of business. Well, they were all, they were all, and, and like almost all of them were coming out of the airports, like around JFK. They were all like, yeah, I'm delivering to JFK. So they were doing s some stuff going overseas or something. It yeah, and, and, and it's high value, and they're getting paid well, and yeah, yeah exactly. they don't care. They just want to get off the island and get yeah. and and get back in. Now, let, let me ask you this: on the Brinks trucks, do you use? So you said step decks with ramps. Do you ever just throw them on forty foot hot shots with ramps? Uh, all the time, all the yeah. time. But I have to be careful with weight. So it's For all. Sure. It, it, it's so it's. I have access to a system, so I go in and I have to see the weight. So if it's a MT forty five or something like that or a couple of the T250s, I'll put them on. But if it's the big stuff, dual axle, um, uh, unless the hot shot can do the 15,000 pounds or so and have a CDL driver, I'll just move them a step notes. Oh, man, if it's, only, if it's only 15,000 pounds, you should have no problem there. I have a question. Right. Do you ever – do you care if uh, – and what do you say if somebody throws a couple trucks on there and then they want to put a partial on the top deck no. and don't tell you? I do not care. I actually don't say care. that. I okay. say it. 
I said, I don't care if you're partial, it just deliver some because they don't care. Like it's never a spe specific time. Also, so like, let's say, let's say I, this happened the other day. I did an Oakland to Oregon. Oakland picked up on a Friday. I said, look, I said, I don't, I don't care if you put something else on the back end of that. Just be in, just make sure you're in Oakland sometime before eight, uh, in Portland, Oregon sometime before eight o'clock when they close. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Brent is like super right with, with what he said to you about that New York thing, John. You're like, if, How, if wait, wait, just, just curious for lane wise. Cause I do know flatbed, like give me a Brooklyn or whatever. And I'm going to guess yeah, the rate you pay. Even, even on a drive in, like, like look at it like this, John going to Brooklyn, you're making your money inbound. Like if you take anything less, like for example, my last Brooklyn loan was thousand miles, $5,500 Chicago to Brooklyn. I'm not going to Brooklyn for less than three, four, five dollars a mile. And that's when you get screwed on the way back because once you're in Brooklyn, all you want to do is cross that bridge west. So people are just going to give you the most bullshit rates, man. Like, yeah, I did a. All right. How about uh, step deck ramps, 20,000 pounds, Brooklyn to uh, Milwaukee? And you said you don't care. Oh, to back through Chicago, too. Jesus, yeah. Lord. <laughs> I, I would move that for a, at, at, at that weight. You, you can probably roll that on the board because I don't know anybody that hauls partials like that. And if your customer well, I, doesn't and care and you don't so, partial it. So I don't, so I don't, but I do not ever, I do not, I, I always do full loads. So, okay. I'll, so you post it as they, a full, I, then you tell the guy you don't care. I, if the guy asks me, <laughs> if the guy asks me, yeah, but I, I put it as a full, always a full. Okay. Well, so if you post it as a full, people are going to call anyway. Like I put, you know, I always tell my guys, if we want full post it as a full 48 foot, no matter what it is. So like the Brooklyn to Milwaukee, you should have paid like a dollar fifty a mile. I paid about buck sixty. Yeah, yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and that's and, and and yeah, and your phone's gonna explode because that's like, you know, that when it comes down to it, <laughs> everybody I mean, you, if, yeah, you you, you can no, get to were Milwaukee. You selling, were you selling in twenty one, Ben? I know you were, right? You said you started oh, years ago. Yeah, I mean I, I started in fifteen when the steel industry was go the American steel industry was going out of business. I remember moving loads from out Birmingham to Youngstown for fourteen hundred and fifty dollars, eight hundred and ten miles flatbed. Mm. Which, <laughs> but then also now, yeah, twenty one was. Well, that's where negotiation skills, and I guess this is where carrier relationships are so important. Because, <laughs> man, twenty <laughs> one. No, you, you said you were you were around then, right? Like three, four. Oh years. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, John. Yeah, I was, John. Uh, tw yeah, twenty one. I was selling freight in twenty one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just want to get uh, grass. I want to make. But sure did I you have the have same? Grass. And but it, it, it's been the same markets, right? Like West Virginia, Northern Georgia. So so I so there again. Um, I I I picked areas that I had that I spoke the language, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, every everybody should be everybody every freight broker should be working in our backyard it, that that that's every every freight broker if that's where i'm going to start you know so you know west virginia they're either a marshall fan or a wvu fan they speak redneck they don't i mean i mean like i have yep. like i have a customer that i swear to god he says do not ever send in here a guy that doesn't speak english no you're 100 yeah. percent right i mean my first customer that i landed in alabama he answered the phone he was in tuscaloosa and i just yelled roll tide until he said all right what are you calling me for yeah, and, there you go. And then I went to two Alabama games with him in the next couple of years. You know, that's so I 100% agree. You got to go start your backyard first. Where and you're not, and you said like right now it's just referrals, right? Yeah, that, that's pretty I much the. I don't cold call anymore now. 
you don't cold call anymore. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to teach some new guys and you know, it's definitely, it, it's tough. It, it's definitely tough out there right now for refs. Now, let me ask Alex, what, what stops you as, you know, as a dispatch service or whatever it may be. And, and again, this might be just because I don't know the van world, the power only world from just going in and getting set up with these direct shippers, because we've found that a lot, I mean, a lot, and we do have, you know, partnerships. So like I actually do run, you know, some of the R and R assets and WLX assets and stuff like that for accounts. But you know, we're, we're not seeing too many issues with people. It seems like people want trucks, but they only want assets. So what stops you guys and all the other smaller carriers from doing what John said? Well, just this, is call the it. Thing. this is the thing. I'm not a dispatch service. I work just for this company. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's all good. Um, at least you didn't call me a double broker like some people. So <laughs> but um, no, basically what stops any carrier from soliciting their own direct freight um, yeah. is capacity bro like you can start yeah. like when i worked in a company that had maybe 10 15 trucks sometimes less we had direct shippers close to our yard because we that's where we were servicing every monday i had 10 trucks i know mm -hmm. i had 10 trucks every single monday on that yard we were able mm -hmm. to set up with some stuff but the problem for carriers is a lot of them are one to five truck companies and you right. tell you know a shipper like hey i'll run your freight i can do two a week and the guy laughs at you he goes buddy i move 50 loads a week get out of here you know, i, I want to work with one person i don't want to work with this seven different carriers picking up two loads a week i want one person to service 50 loads so th the biggest issue for carriers is capacity bro i can't okay. go sport the shipper that has 100 loads a week when i have four trucks like he's just gonna laugh but, me out but of the see room. see i don't I, but you know for me as know. a broker i don't yeah. want that customer i don't i don't I don't target those people. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't target that, that guy that's got a hundred a week, especially yeah, as a one man. show. if I had scaled, obviously I scaled and had a bunch of staff, it'd be a different story, but you know, um, but you know, I target those small guys where you can build relationships yeah, yeah. more and, and, no, you and know, we that, do. And we yeah. do. Like, but the, the biggest issue for scaling direct freight is that we don't have the capacity. We work with mom and pop shops. You know, this guy's like, Oh, hey, like one of our guys, he's like, hey, I got this trailer every Thursday in Chicago. I need you to run it down to Michigan, bring it back for us on Friday. You know, it's a straight through. Usually we drop it same night. Like, that's the thing. We have direct shippers, but it, it's all based on how much equipment you have. And when you're small and most carriers are small, you just you don't have the, the, the ability to run freight direct. So that, what that's stops the, you from signing on with a bigger company like, a, you know, kind of like one of the ones that I rep? And like other people do, because then you can get access to those. Because technically, you might only be running, you know, your five, ten, or fifteen, but you can show two fifty. Or is it just that you wouldn't be able to service the volume? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, my natural step in life is obviously to go into brokerage. Um, I love where I'm at with the carrier thing. I love my drivers. I love being a carrier. And um, like you just said, what stops me from signing on to bigger companies is that when you're in a huge company, you have no you can't make a difference in that company. You're a number on a screen. You're a number on a spreadsheet. You're in a fight with every 50 other dispatchers. And right. maybe you move into management and you manage those 50 people and they all fucking talk shit to you all day and cry and complain <laughs> about their pays. And they, they get trucks stuck everywhere. And at the end of the day, your boss going to yell at you for 250 trucks staying empty because your team is retarded. And that's it. That's all you have as a dispatcher. Like I could go into doing, you know, a dispatch service for multiple MC numbers for multiple different carriers. That's a step I could take. 
But at the end of the day, I love, you know, I've had two of my best companies were 15 or less truck carriers where it's me and the owner and we're dealing with stuff, you know, and you get to make an impact. You get to sell good customer service. Every one of my trucks is my trucks. If I say I'm hauling your load, I'm the one that's hauling your load. I'm the one tracking your load. And you can make a big difference in a small company. When you go into those megas, I worked at a 2000 truck company. Bro, people probably didn't even know my name in that company. We had six different offices and, you know, you're just a nobody. So, what I mean, going on I, your I, own, though? Freight, if I source freight and another dispatcher doesn't pick it up, like, I don't want to even deal with that, you know? Yeah, what like about Alex the agent? agent? Alex the agent. You can do trucks and broker, brother. You're the best <laughs> of both worlds. It's like Joe Dirt. I mean, dude, everything's possible. I've obviously explored. Uh, I, honestly, this podcast, I talked to John. I talked to you. I talked to so many agents and... I've just been seeing the money and the, there's just, it's a thing of, it's a passion, a passion thing at this point to stay as a carrier. I love being a carrier, but, but um, you can I'm be a carrier. Old, there's I'm, I'm, like, why don't you do both? Like you, you can, can be run trucks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. And, 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 and that's one thing that I guess I really don't understand why a lot of small carriers don't do more because if you're providing that service to like, like with John, you know, John's very, very similar isn't really much different to your owner operator or small truck fleet that is in West Virginia that goes up to the shipper and says, Hey, I'm uh, one of the only games in town. What do I got to do and work with you? But you know, if, whether you own, you, yeah, I mean, you could do both and get your start that way. Hey man, I got 10 trucks. I run this terminal under this big company, but it's my terminal. These are my 10 drivers and you know, we'll service the heck out of you get their trust and then you can broker their freight too dude when i go into being an agent that's my selling point is that i worked at five six carriers i have three thousand trucks i dispatch i'm gonna sell people on like i'm gonna take your freight and put it on a truck i know and use to dispatch that's my that's gonna be my i wanted to touch on that topic too because i got into a not a debate but there was a couple people i was talking about small business versus enterprise sellers and you know some people at enterprise sellers at big w2s were saying you know people who sell the small medium-sized businesses are just playing you know t-ball and all the real money you know is in these enterprise sales reps but you know and the people that i know in my experience you know the agents who are selling the top agents to small medium-sized businesses you know are making much more money than any enterprise level seller at a w2 getting 10 percent but I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they thought that was like the T-ball league selling to, uh, you know, small to medium sized businesses. <laughs> T-ball league, bro. That's bread and, and butter. That's, what he right used. that's bread and butter. Come on. I'm, I'm yeah, not even I'm a broker. A I know that that's bread and butter. I mean, I John, what do you think? You know, enterprise or, or small people? Like what's small, the, small people. I mean, small. you know, the, the, the larger they are, the well, I'll put it this way: the larger they are, the more um, the more concerned they are about the about the pennies. You know, that you know, I've seen now, it. I've seen it a hundred times. You know, they paid the most. That, they paid them absolutely. I mean, Kellogg's. So, so Kellogg's. Um, I had a gentleman who's a director of, of of Kellogg's Transportation, and they reached out to me during COVID. And said, hey, you know, pick these lanes. And you know, I started looking at stuff coming out of West Jefferson, Ohio, where they were having a lot of problems. And like, like dude, I couldn't do anything for the guy. And I was really honest with him. Like, dude, I mean, you do you do 80 loads to Walmart a day. I, I'm one man. I can't help you. You know what I mean? You know? But See, that's where I said, you know, like, give he, me five. <laughs> um, but 
what I end up hey, happening. Why did you say that, John? Dude, you because say I, because I had so much business with all that COVID, and I had to the end in people, and I was moving that hand sanitizer, and I was doing tanker loads out of Oneida, South Dakota of ethanol. Like, dude, I mean. My, I mean, I wouldn't, I was sleeping. I don't, I mean, I go to bed at seven 30. I was, uh, I was burning the midnight oil during COVID. I'm telling you, it was many nights. I was loading an Oneida, South Dakota, giving pickup numbers at 2 AM in the and, morning. And, and this was this tanker. Is where, this is tanker loads of ethanol, 5,000 gallons. Yeah. It's yeah, huge. Yeah. That's a different game. Now, let me ask you this. Now, when things were going crazy and I know, you know, you've been in a managed team before and I know you have a couple of people with you now. What stopped you from just kind of breaking some things up so you could either have A, continued to grow, or B, I mean, I guess, yeah, B, just yeah. get a little bit more clarity? Or is it just well, one okay. of those things so, that it's hard? Yeah. So, no, I'm gonna, well, two things. Number one, I managed a lot of people, uh, which is basically managing personalities, and I managed a lot of people for a lot of years in the car business. Uh -huh. You had this one guy, he need he, you know, he's he's a whiner and he needs to do this. And you had this other guy who needs to do this. And I mean, it was just it was just a, a point of I was tired of managing other people. Yeah, but now um, you're the boss, you would get to pick them who you want to bring I, on. Like I, me personally. I know, I know. And and it, what I've had time to even I mean, like, I mean, I, when I say busy, I mean during COVID, I mean I mean, I had this guy that was making this hand sanitizer out of Lockport, New York. Yeah, it was awesome. And this guy and this guy had contracts with the government and I was running this shit down to Columbus like it was run out of style. I mean, I couldn't have I could I could I, what's that? And where you're making eight grand a load or whatever. No, 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 no. The, the guy that I <laughs> no shot. So, so 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 the guy that was I was making the super big money on was he so during COVID, the Indians, the Hopi tribe, you can look them up. They're in Chinle, Arizona, in the middle of nowhere, like 200 and some miles away from Phoenix. And like, it's this tribe and they, the government, when they come out with the stimulus money, they gave this, these Indian tribes, like, like $50 million. It was some ungodly number. Right. And this guy was, his name's Joe Mullins, phenomenal guy. He was selling, printing to all the casinos. So, he, you know, so the direct mail pieces. So if you go there, they would send you a coupon in the mail that says your next day you get a $50 credit. So that's what he did. So when COVID happened, they shut down all those casinos. He was literally out of business. And they were like, so then they got all this money and they're like, can you get us uh, Clorox wipes? Can you get us uh, those, those throwaway masks? And he's like, uh, yeah. So he got a hold of like, these and these were backroom deals. Like I was picking this stuff in the alleyways of Los Angeles and in Brooklyn, New York, like in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, like, hey, dude, back your truck over here quickly type deals. So this guy mortgaged, he actually had his house paid for, mortgaged his house. He had to wire the money to buy these Clorox wipes. Now, think about this. You could buy five. So think about this. You could buy a five pack of Clorox wipes at Sam's for like 10 bucks. These guys were selling to him for like 40 bucks. And then he was turning around, he was turning around selling them to the Indians for a hundred bucks. Like, I mean, mortgage your house, yeah, bro. He mortgage, he mortgage his house. He'll tell you the story. He mortgage his house. So, and I was, so he was buying hand sanitizer from the guy that I was doing the transportation for. So that's how I got hooked up with him. And so anyway, when he got a PO, he was making like $300,000. So he didn't give a shit if I charged him 10 grand from Los Angeles to 
Chinley, Arizona, that was 300 miles up the road. He didn't give a shit because he's making 400 grand a PO, PO, man. He was making like, so the, like these, um, so those, um, Throw away masks, you know, you use them one time, they'd hand them to you at the hospital. They're, they were throw away, they were blue in color with the white strings. You can get a million of those in a truck. They, I mean, a million of them in a truck. And he was paying like three cents a piece for them. He was selling these to the, to the Indians for like 30 cents a piece. I mean, like he was killing it. You know what I mean? Can and I was picking to, to one yeah. topic, um, you know, because. I mean, 300 miles for 10 grand. Is that the actual numbers before I even jump to the next? So, so it was probably, so it, eight to 10 grand. Yeah, that's probably right. I was making eight to 10 grand alone. Yeah. Yeah. I what did you pay the carrier? 1,000, bro? I don't care. I mean, I mean I, I, here's what I, I was paying them enough to move the loads and they kept calling back for more. That's all I can tell you. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. But listen, I want to get into this with you guys. Um, it's it's a topic we've mentioned, but we've never actually sat down and like. So, from the two of you, what's your like cold call sales pitch? Like, I know you got into like, let's say the customer's selling, you know, palletized brass fittings. You guys did your research. You know how much loads, you know their their volume. You know their product. Like, how do you guys cold call? Like in a basic way, you know, like a two minute. What's your opener? Like, how do you guys open up a cold call? That's something we've never done, like a quick, you know, demo of a cold call. And we've been kind of thinking about that. Um, so I do yeah. video. So I've done video. So when I was cold calling, I used a piece of software called BombBomb. And I've actually shared some of those videos online, whether people looked at them or not, I don't know. But I did video and I can see when they open it, the email, and I can see when they play it. And I I'm immediately in a video cold call. A video cold call email and it's in it's embedded and there's a code inside the email and if, if you go to a website called bomb bomb it's like 50 bucks a month and we did it in the car business so that's how i and i, I just brought it over from the car business to freight and you know i would do a video email which nobody does in the industry so right there you have an advantage so you're doing something different right so there's one you've got one up on everybody else and video um and i'll be like and in the minute that he opens it, I get an email, a notification, because there's an app. It'll say, Bob Smith opened up this. And then it'll say, Bob Smith played your video. That's when you call him. Yeah. He's like, dude, man, I was just watching your video. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Two great minds think alike. It must be destined for us to do business together. And then uh, that's you know, a solid way to, to get your foot in the yeah. door. Yeah. yeah. So I was using a video. But what's what the like, you were like, big on customer visits, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do customer visits. That's a big thing for us. You know, you got to spend time. But I'm not the guy that's going to just tell you to walk in cold. Um, first of all, our target, obviously, besides the equipment type, is we make sure to stay in cities where we're delivering, you know, where mm -hmm. we're already doing business, sending trucks into. And, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, a large enough group that there's really – an endless number of companies that you can call. If you run out of those, then you just pick an industry, but make sure that you pick an industry that you know, and that you're working with or, or tell them that you work with them and you better know a whole hell of a lot about it. Um, you know, so if I'm calling to get set up with, let's just say a structural steel company, steel framing studs, think Clark Dietrich, Marino wear, something like that. I'm going to call and say, Hey, you know, my name's Ben with whatever company you're with. We 
have dealt with and are an experienced carrier hauling X or Y commodity for this company. You know, these are the area and, and whatever city it's in or that I'm targeting or whatever specific area where I know too that either I have assets or more importantly that I have carriers I know that when I tell them, hey, look, it's going to be a broker truck, but it's going to be hit or, you know, it's going to be X or Y. It's going to be in a place where, you know, it's somebody that I'm tight with. Whether, you know, like I go out to Chicago almost once a month to hang out with a couple of different carriers, you know, talk to the dispatchers, do that kind of different thing. Between the trucks, you know, they have 250 trucks and we do a lot of work with them or they just give me accurate insight. But those, so yeah, I, I try to pitch my partners, but be specific. You need to be niche, you know, pick a niche and stick mm -hmm. to it. I'm a big fan of that. Pick an industry and stick to it and just hammer the, <laughs> just hammer it. I mean, because when it comes down what to a, it, you know, it's huge. I think one of the things that people don't do is they don't leverage their current customer base. So obviously asking oh, referrals, right? So, you know, so asking referrals, number one. Number two, man, you know, if you go to a, and I learned this from the car business. So if you have bad credit, they ask for a DNA sample, right? I mean, because you don't pay your bills. You didn't even pay your mama back that $10 that you borrowed 20 years ago, right? So that in the car business, when you have the banks will ask for references and it's very common. It's very common. If you buy, go get a mortgage or you buy a boat, they'll ask for references. It's very common. Have a reference sheet. You know, there's nothing wrong with name drop. Absolutely. And you know, and I, you know, you know, you know, I, you know, I, the guy that I deal with, the the guy that you know basically signs the checks at Brinks that gives me the, the my business. This guy loves me, like he just loves me, and he would call. And if anybody called him, he would he would tell him that my work product is really good. Man, John will answer his phone at two o'clock in the morning. You know, we if we need John on a Saturday, he's available, right? And these are things that. People, so have a referral sheet. Would you like? You have to. Have would a you like me? Reference sheet. Absolutely. You have to. And email it to. out. Yeah. And your customers, we if they like you, love you, and trust you. Packet. Boom. Yeah, you there you to. go. You have to. You have to. I mean, why wouldn't you? Because otherwise, who are you? You're John Rogers, and I'm, they don't know who the heck we are. You're, you know what I mean? You're, you're not Pat Gallagher with PGT Trucking. You're not a hunt. You know, it's we, we have no credibility. So here. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm call, I'm doing business with your competitors. Here's my reference sheet. You know, call these and guys. And if you, you don't, don't include that, that's tough. An interesting one for me as a carrier is uh, I just did a setup packet with like some random broker I've never seen. And on their setup package, they gave me a reference sheet and something felt wrong. I mean, I called Triumph. They, they gave me the domain was good. Everything was good. But the load paid so much. I was just like, yo, this might be a scam. Like, like it's just paying too much money, you know? They put in a reference sheet and I called all three references. Like, is this the lady? Do you know this lady? Does she pay? Does she pay you? Because she put carrier references as a broker. And I called these three carriers. Like, do you know this lady? Is this her email? Did she pay you? They all three said yes. I felt comfortable. So references in the carrier packet or, you know, customer or whatever your packets are. That's a, a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, you, Absolutely. Yeah, you have to. You, ha you have to. You have to. And if you're new and you don't have a customer. Yeah. I was what? just going to say Whatever. That. Here. here and, Honest to God, I landed my now biggest customer because I was referencing that Clark Dietrich Marino wear thing. I, I move a lot of structural steel, not with those companies, but with a competitor. And I specifically, was I working with them? No. But my mentor told me that he picked up a load of steel coils going into there. So I looked it up and I said, hey, we've been to, you know, I know a guy has been to your facility in here. here. <laughs> yeah. 
We, uh, uh, but so I didn't say it exactly like that. I knew that we dealt with them though. So they, you know, Hey, if, if need be, so you got to, as they say, fake it till you make it. So, so when yeah, you guys we're, brokers we're, cold call. You say I'm a carrier. Like, you know, I have assets. Like, no, that... I, I say I have both. I mean, cause I'm not really lying. We actually do like, you know, yeah. that is one thing, but I'll also be pretty upfront pretty quickly. Most like, of it's broker trade. Yeah. Like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, listen, man, I've been doing this for nine years. Here's my customers. You can call them and I'll be straight up. I, I have a lot of brokered trucks that if I had the choice and it was asset truck or, you know, like I got a driver from Kentucky, I, his name's Rooster. If I got to pick between the two of them, I'm picking him 10 times out of 10. Like no questions asked. Right. And that's yeah. where sometimes those company trucks, man, those guys are brutal. Those guys, oh, right? well, well, something. Something else with that too, and I don't know how R and R set up, but let's take Scotland. They're a pretty, pretty big brokerage, and they were in Fort Myers, so they were just when I lived in Florida, they were in the next town over. And I, I have a, I have a, an acquaintance that that worked at Scotland, so he was a broker, and if he gave, and if he broker, so Scotland only has, if you look them up on Safer, they only have fifty trucks. They're we'll call them an asset lies company, but they're a big brokerage. So, you know, and I'm sure they leverage that we're Scotland. We specialize in reefer, which they do, but they only have 50 trucks. And they're, all their trucks are really pretty. They got all the, the typically their trailers are, are, are decaled really nice and have some really pretty sunsets and graphics on them. But anyway, and I'm sure that's just strictly for marketing. But like he told me, he said, I said, so how often do you use a Scotland truck? He said, we avoid Scotland trucks like the plague. And I said, why? Now, these are owner operators. And I said, why? He said, because if we use a brokered truck, we we get the we get to keep the difference in margin. If we use a Scotland truck, they get all of the they get all of the profit and all we get is a hundred bucks. So I don't so uh, there's a benefit. No, so there's is. a benefit to them for using, you know, not not uh, using uh, the Scotland equipment. That, that's interesting. See, we actually just the way that they have it set up is if I'm doing it, I'm even if it's my own asset and you know, like I could be putting on an R and R truck, which like I'm doing Monday, but I'll broker it from my R and R terminal to that R and R asset. So, you know, that's a but it'll be like the same. So that I don't, I can pay. Same thing. I can, if I can if I can get an R and R driver to agree to do a load, and I do five hundred dollars in margin. That there's even though his boss knows the number, they agreed to it. So I guess that goes on your line where you know. That's <laughs> well, making a margin on his own company's ass. But but it's not my company though. You know that that's where right. me as an it's agent, true. I'm an independent yeah, agent. Yeah, so like yeah. I rep different assets. But here's the thing: I don't get anything out of you know those trucks. They're my they're an agent's trucks or they're the company's trucks. But when it comes down to it, if I need to say, hey, I need that truck for a pickup at this rate, they can say no. And it's not a, you know, like, and there's no, yeah, I, there, yeah exactly. It, it, it's just another company. The difference is, is if they mess up, I can go to the corporate office and, you know, complain to their big boss. <laughs> you ever done that? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kick yeah. us yeah. off I mean, the next topic, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll just go back to the, the sales. I mean, there's a lot of people who are probably going to want us to talk more about the, you know, sales aspect. Um, you know, what's, what's a big thing for you guys? Like when you get in with a customer, um, you know, how are you quoting? You know, I, I think you guys both feel the same way about, you know, losing money occasionally. And what's your initial strategy when you get in with a customer? Try to talk to them about something besides freight for the love of God. 
Amen. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I mean, please, if, if if all you can do is talk trucking, people are going to hate you. They're not going to deal with you. I mean, Lord Almighty, like, please don't, don't be that guy that just calls. And the moment you, they answer, Hey, this is, I got this data from here and I'm going to save you this and leverage this. And I got 17,000 trucks to do 1500 loads a day for you. Oh, and I'm going to do it for 18 cents a mile. Like, yeah, don't do that. Data. You know, <laughs> I, I hate the data experts. I mean, some of these yeah. shippers, I had, I had a shipper that would laugh at me to have these like big name box brokerages try to call them up and give them like a two minute or 20 minute reasoning of why the market was going to do xyz in like two months and he wasn't asking for any of that and the guy was like wrong all the time too i like I mean, the kids I, that are you're good yeah i mean i imagine going into like you know taking one of these big tech companies like we'll use uber right going in and they're they're bringing in the all the big guns into one of these big enterprise shippers and if i was a decision maker and they're just whipping up this powerpoint of uh, as you can see here, at we can save you two point one seven three percent by leveraging. Oh, like, I would be, I'm, yeah, I'm done. You know, you know. Let's let's you know. Let's talk about football and let's talk about life. And you know, that's like you know, Mark. You know, me. And, now this guy's a friend of mine, so he's a customer. He's a friend of mine. He he just um, he just gave me the dates. He's going back down to my place again this year down in Florida and spend a week. You know, and he goes. Um, you know, I, the first words out of my mouth every Monday morning, every Monday morning is how's granny. I mean, she's 95 years old. She still, she's still as feisty as ever. And he takes her to the grocery store every single Friday, every Friday he takes her to the grocery store and he has to take her to Kroger first in Walmart. You know, it's, it's always in the same order. So we talk about her, you know, first, Hey, how's granny? And then about three minutes in the conversation, I'll say, Hey, by the way, your camp hill's picking up today. Your Fort Mill pick up at noon. J and S is picking up your three o'clock is going to pick up at three o'clock when they get done at Smithfield. And then we go back to talking to something else. I mean, so, I mean, if you, and Ben hit it right on the head, if man, just talk about life and, family and kids when it comes down to it you're gonna you might be dealing with these people number one the goal is right you're gonna be talking to them every day multiple times a day people don't don't if i don't like you i don't care what you're doing for me it's only gonna take so long before i find a reason not to work with you right (laughs) whereas the other way if i love you (laughs) you could be once you get to a point where i really like you i'll find every reason you know to try to defend you the, the, the small things. So, you know, when you're talking to those people, you need to make sure, again, that they actually like you, that they want to deal with you. And that, you know, because when it comes down to it, people want to work with their friends. And mm-hmm. you're going to do things for your friends. If I ask for a rate, you know, you, you're going to get, hey, you know, we need this or we need that. Or if you if you need something from me, it's way easier to approach somebody that you're comfortable with. Hey, listen, Ben, you know, you, you've been getting these loads picked up, but ETAs have been off. You know, we're, we're having some customers talking about some of the trucks, you know, the one trailer had a hole in it or, you know, whatever it may be. And it, that's a lot easier to approach, too, because you don't feel like you're getting attacked. Right. It's like a friend trying to help you out. Mm-hmm. So if you can really I mean, I, when I'm talking to my people, everything that I do from a, from calling a customer to everything you, you really want to like it. And I see John do this a lot. It, it's a relationship. And, you know, <laughs> when you're going out to the bar and I always go, I go back to girls in the bar, you're going out to a girl in the bar. If you want to take that girl home, 
You don't walk up to her and say, excuse me, miss, I'd like to get in your pants. No, you're going to start talking to her. Hey, what's your name? What's this? What's that? Da, 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 da. Fire a drink. Go from there. Get some things going. You don't want to just be because they're not going to like you. You say that you're going to get slapped. You know, I'd love to say to a shipper, hey, I want to take all your freight because I want to make a million dollars. I heard you guys got like 20 million in freight spent and you pay big. Guy, some guy <laughs> on LinkedIn was talking about it, right? But <laughs> I'm not going to say that. You know, you're going to work your way in and again, get the person to like you. You know, it's weird, though. It's weird for me because I work with one, the, the only broker I've worked with for, for this many years. And the first time in, I think, over two, three, four years that we've worked together, he told me, hey, Sam, I'm going on vacation to, to Italy. That was the first time that guy said anything to me that wasn't regarding a pickup or a delivery or something like a future load. So, like, I'm sure there's some people who just want to talk freight, bro. I don't know. That guy's yeah, but here, but but here's the other thing, though, Alex. Your guys, when it comes down to it, I mean, sure. Does every logistics manager, a person who assigns freight to the shipper, is there? Do they usually have a some sort of bonus tied to their freight spend? Sure, but mm -hmm. it's such a small, minuscule number, right? If he saves or hammers you for fifty or a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or three hundred bucks, he might make literally a half a penny on that savings or less in their, you know, in their company policy, whatever it may be, or it might be more, but, and that's where, again, going back to the benefit of direct shippers, whereas that broker, you know, somebody like myself or John or Matt or any other agent, you're asking me for 50 or a hundred bucks. You know, that's 30, 35, 40 to $75 out of my pocket direct. I mean, so, yeah, I don't really, you know, I might not want to really talk as much, friendly chit chat with you because you're trying to take a lot of money out of my pocket i'll give it to you if i think the service is there but you're talking to that shipper he pays me four dollars a mile in this market and he used to pay me like six seven dollars a mile like a year ago and he just yeah. tells me this is the load this is the pay and it's insane and i always like i don't even Whoops. negotiate with that guy ever see if he's up to signing up for like a co-broker agreement and let's get somebody told going. me about that somebody <laughs> told me about that but I mean, i'm happy listen, where i am right now bro he's happy with listen, me i'm on time. I, I love him he pays me four dollars a mile a thousand miles nobody pays anybody that i don't negotiate nah. with him my old boss was like hey you, you should ask for 200 more on that load i told her are wow. you in Saying to try to beat this guy up, he's already giving you two thousand more at the market value. Why are you gonna like you know? Don't be greedy, and that's why I work with him when I left, and that's why you know that they have strained relationship because they're beating him up on a rate that's already like you know insanity. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are the, the dreams, staying right? on this staying on this sales topic real quick. I think Stay. the average broker, and mm -hmm. I've never done this. I mean, it, it, you got. I mean, I'd rather. How do I put this? Most, a lot of brokers quote scared. Uh, they really yes. do. And Terrifying. and I don't, I, I don't, I don't quote scared, man. I, I'd rather peel you off the ceiling than leave, than, than quote to try to make a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I, I, it's just, that's just me. Right. And I mean, I, a lot, I think a lot of brokers, um, they, they quote scared, um, you know, and I'll justify my number, you know, like, I, you know, I'll justify my number. I, I don't, you know, a lot of people get an email. They just quote a number and send it back. Like, like, just, they just yeah. put 1,050. No, I'll justify it. You know, this here, we've had bad weather, you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, bad weather. This is what I'm going to pay a carrier. This is what the market's saying. This is what I'm going to charge you for my services. I'm going to pick up on time. I'm going to deliver on time. I'm going to pick up the right carrier. I justify my number. So, so let's say that, you know, you're, you quote that load and so let's say I get turned down 
not so let's say I quote to try to make a thousand dollar margin. Let's use re- even numbers. And I quote a, a quote a guy and he gives it to me where I make a thousand dollar spread. And you quote, you have to quote 10 times to make a hundred bucks 10 times. Even if I get told no nine times and then I get told yes the one time and I make the thousand bucks, I didn't even work half as hard as you did. And I still made the same money. So I think brokers as a general rule, and I think it's the the in the especially the bigger W-2 box type place, they just say take any freight you can and they teach and, and they don't teach them to broke to quote right, they quote scared. And that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, they just quote bottom dollars just to get their foot in the door. Yeah. yeah. I know Ben's about empty to now, ride. send it. <laughs> I know Ben's about to get out of here. I wanted to touch back on your guys's kind of opinion. I know we're talking about things other than freight with customers. Um, do you guys talk? I, so I think a big mistake a lot of brokers make is every customer is different. You know, like if you're talking to somebody who's 75 out in Nevada, who's, you know, lived out in the middle of the country, or if you're talking to a customer like I had, who's partying in a different state every day of the week, smoking weed and emailing at two in the morning, like, you know, every customer, you know, is, is different in the sense. Some customers, I had a customer that didn't really like to talk on the phone, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, you got to be their biggest talk fan every day. So, I mean, I think adjusting to your customer's personality is kind of big as well. If you guys want to you know, touch on that too. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent, you know, you can't, uh, I used to change my, here, here's another cold call thing. I changed my voice based upon who I hear answer the phone. And it's just like a natural thing. But if I'm talking to a lady who sounds older, number one, I'm extreme. I mean, I'm always polite, but you know, you would be shocked how if you're talking to someone who's like an older lady and you sound like a, you know, and the majority of new reps are younger, be polite, say yes, ma'am, you know, and come off as their, as their grandson, their nephew, their son. You have to be, be. you have to be be whoever's whatever. Absolutely. I actually had a class on this in the car business. I mean, you have different type of buyers. You have an educated buyer. You have to be a chameleon. That guy might be a doctor or a pharmacist. So you've got to talk on his level, right? So you have to be a chameleon. And then if you've got that old redneck guy that's spitting in the spit cup sitting at your desk, you got to be like him, right? So you have to be a chameleon based on your audience and who you're and, and who are you and who you're cold calling to. You hit the nail on the I, head. There. I'll, I'll just end it with this. And just to, to elaborate on this point even more, I, before I get out of here, went to a shipper in Southern Tennessee and I took a little bit of a gamble, but I threw a thing of red man in my cheek. When I walked in, he handed me his cup for the spitter. So you better believe I got that freight. I mean, you know, that's one mm-hmm. of those things that, yeah, hundred percent, you gotta be, you know, yeah, you gotta be whoever's. And I, I, I think, I don't remember what book, but I want to say it was actually the guy who founded Penske. Roger Penske was in the beginning, Whatever they're a fan of, you're a fan of. You yeah. know, if you call, like going back to the Alabama thing, if I called somebody on E and they said, oh, I'm War Eagle, I'd be like, oh, man, I was just kidding. I love I love <laughs> Auburn. You know, so, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Cam Newton was the man. He should have won too. I, I wish he didn't leave. You know, whatever it may yeah. be. Like John got a Marshall shirt on. You know, Chad Pennington, big Chad Pennington guy. You like Marshall? Me too. I was actually thinking about coming down to West Virginia. You're where? Huntington? You know, and that's where – and then boom, you're on to the next thing. But yeah, you got to be whoever for everyone because in freight, isn't that what you're promising for the person anyway? You're going to do everything for them, no matter what it is. So you might as well just be the person they want you to be. But yep. guys, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate yeah, thanks you guys. for coming on, Ben. It was, uh, it was good talking to you.
Have a good weekend, we'll bro. All right, guys. Uh, I'm out of here as well. Uh, I think it was a great show. Um, have me back on any time. Obviously, Fridays afternoons work best for me, and I'm going to feed a couple big old dogs that are uh, sitting here waiting, <laughs> sitting here waiting for me to feed them. Uh, yeah, I like these Friday, later Fridays with John and somebody else. These are pretty, pretty chill Fridays. So, John, if you want to come back, you know, once or twice a month, it's definitely always, always possible. Yeah. Possibility. Absolutely. You guys are my friends. You need to be a broker, so you need to get on the other side. And you need to make that happen. <laughs> I'm getting help there. You. I'm getting there. Trust me. So, some things, some conversations are happening, and uh, I'm gonna bite the bullet one of these days, and I'm gonna learn some stuff from you finally. <laughs> All right. T take care, guys. God bless. Have All right. See you, John. Well, that was fun. Happy Friday, man. Happy Happy Friday to the new broker, Alex Bates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not new, not anytime soon. But yo, Ben Ben's a cool guy, man. I never talked to him. I didn't realize you said it to me five hundred times, but it didn't process until he got in here, and I saw R and R. Like I know, obviously, I know who R and R is. Like I hauled a bunch for them, but I was asking him, do they do power only? And he said that they do power only, but they're not allowed to sell power only. They only do it like internally. So that's why, because I, I told him they disappeared. I don't see them anymore. So well, maybe, but, uh, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll bring it back. You know. Um, yeah, man. But these Fridays they're cool, man. We should try to do John and somebody else. You know, sometimes here and there, once a month yeah. type of thing. No, I think uh, I think we've had some good uh, good guests on. So we're gonna have a good show next week um, with Richard Walker. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday night. Um, I, I think more people, honestly, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Our viewership has gone up on YouTube, on Apple, and Spotify, but our viewership live has gone down. So I think more people are are watching after, which is fine. Yeah, um, I mean the, that Spotify Apple thing has been cool, man. I've been watching that kind of scale. Thought. Like it's just on its own, you know. I just slap it up there. Or, you know, we're not promoting things too heavily. I, mean, I don't want to just sit there on LinkedIn and be like, follow us, follow us, <laughs> look at our stuff, follow us, like. I mean, I, I like the organicness that we've kind of gone down the road of, uh, you know, people can watch what they're interested in and if they come across it, great. So. Yeah. No, and speaking of that, we didn't announce our sponsor. We are sponsored by HD Ships, um, one of the premier agent programs out there. Um, you know, great company. So, yeah, I actually didn't notice because we like rarely, if ever, have four guests or four people on at once that I covered up our bottom ones. So I tossed it in the top right. Uh, to keep it going there but uh yeah man have a good weekend and uh, we'll talk uh touch base back wednesday sounds good peace bro peace